Another episode of Set Lusting Bruce. It's your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and I am feeling grateful that so many Bruce fans are getting the chance to spend six seconds with Bruce as they pick up their autographed copy of the book. I promise I'm not jealous much. Joining me tonight is one such Bruce Bud. How you doing tonight, Trudy? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, so why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Trudy. I live in the uh, great Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I'm 67 years old. And I first contacted Jesse to tell him that, yes, old people can still like Bruce. Yay! You know, it's um, he has such a diverse uh, fan base. Um, you know, it, he has everyone from all ages up there at the show, isn't he? Boy, that's sure the truth. Um, I, uh, I being being his age is, is is interesting because he and I have not very much in common, and yet we have a lot in common as far as. Uh, cultural events and things that have happened during the course of our lifetime. And that's one thing I noticed about reading his book is there are so he makes so many references to things where I'm going, oh, yeah, I did that, too. Even though he's on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. So he is 10 years older than I am. So there is a a little bit of a gap. Um, so certainly there are similarities, but there is that kind of difference. Um, before we talk about Bruce, though, I always like to go back to your roots. Tell me about growing up. What kind of music did your family listen to? Uh, how about you as a kid? Well, I grew up in a household where there was lots of uh, um, music. My my mom and dad uh, had records. I don't really remember too much, although I remember my dad loved Frank Sinatra. Uh, they took dancing lessons at Arthur Murray, you know, with the with the pieces of paper with the with the feet on them to show them the dance steps. And I remember being involved in that, trying to learn how to dance myself. When that was when I was pretty little. Um, my maternal grandmother was quite religious, and uh, she played piano and sang hymns at the top of her voice and completely out of key, but. <laughs> Still music, and then my uh, <laughs> my uh, my paternal grandfather was fond of uh, John Philip Sousa marches. So as far as as my discovery of of my music, uh, probably sixth or seventh grade, I was friends with a uh, young woman whose parents owned the local uh, um, hangout. Teenage, it was called the Dairy Freeze, and I I grew up. I live in Portland now, but I grew up in a, in a little tiny town, logging town, up in the gorge, um, less than a thousand people. So they had this this uh, restaurant, and every time they changed the jukebox, the the family that owned it, their kids got all these records. So 
you know, there was a constant stream of, of, of kids in and out of the Bailey house listening to records. And uh, that, that was sort of the, the start of, of my music. And then um, the Beatles, of course, they came along in, oh, what, 1963. And I actually won a contest to see the Beatles in Vancouver, B.C. in uh, 1964, in August of 1964. Won a contest through the local radio station. They took 90 of us from Portland up to Vancouver, B.C. to see the Beatles. It was quite an event. <laughs> I imagine that sounds so cool. Was it uh, just mass hysteria as you see on the movie screens and, you know, you know, in films? Uh, pretty much. Um, we, it was a big stadium. I, I met a woman there. Well, we were 15, so not exactly women then. But I, I met this, this girl on the bus. And we hung out together, and uh, we uh, two months later, I ended up moving to Portland, and she was the first person I went when I or I met when I went into my uh, new high school. So we've been friends for fifty some years. And when we were at the uh, the concert, I mean, and this is sort of a picture of our relationship. Uh, we're in the stands, and I said, "Oh, let's go down on the field." And she said, "No, we have assigned seats." <laughs> well, too too bad, baby. We're going down on the field. It was the first time I led her astray, and the first time she tried to rein me in. But I, I take it that that is a common occurrence, both circumstances? Yep. <laughs> so we yeah. ended up going down on the field, and yeah. uh, um, another woman that was standing right next to us caught Ringo's drumsticks. We got right up to the front. But oh, it was how fun. Quite a different experience, though, because um, the Beatles had like three opening acts, and then they played for maybe 90 minutes. But of course, their their catalog wasn't very big yet. But it was very different than concerts that that we see now, and especially with Bruce going four hours. Yeah. So, Trudy, when did you discover Bruce? Well, um. I discovered Bruce probably early 1974. I, uh, you know, I also liked folk music, Hoot Nanny. They had Hoot Nanny and all these folk programs. And then, uh, as as far as as uh, rock music, the American Bandstand in Portland had a local show called High Time. So I was exposed to to a lot of uh, different kinds of music. Now the the rock music was pretty simple. Um, what always leaps to mind is the the Trogs' "Wild Thing," you know, great, you know, one sentence lyrics. Um, folk singing was a little bit different. They told more more stories, and I was I was really a big fan of Harry Chapin, who was like the the ultimate storyteller. So the first time that I heard Bruce, the, the song was "Spirit in the Night." And it was like, whoa, we're getting stories in rock and roll. That's that's really pretty cool. But that being said, I was sort of a casual fan. I know that you have said that yourself, that you were a casual fan. Um, Indeed. I live here in Portland, so he didn't come around too often. I mean, he was here in 75, and I was hugely pregnant, so I didn't go see him then. And then um, I saw the original River Tour in 1980, 
And then he didn't come back to Portland again until 1996. So in between, I, I went, to, I saw the Born in the USA tour in Tacoma and also Tunnel of Love. Tacoma is a, a city that's sort of uh, midway between Portland and Seattle, and they have a, um, a big facility there. So I think they were trying to maybe accommodate both cities. Yeah. So, I, you know, I wasn't really, I, I had record. I had some of his records. I had um, Darkness and, and Born to Run. I had The River and Nebraska. But, you know, after, after that, you know, I didn't really do too much. But then the reunion tour happened. And I didn't, I didn't go to the reunion tour, but um, a friend of my husband's one day said to me, you like Bruce Springsteen, don't you? And I said, oh, yeah, he's good. And she said, oh, I've got this, this video you have to watch. And it was the, the uh, concert at Madison, in Madison Square Garden in New York City. Right. I was hooked by the time he hit Murder Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, whoa, <laughs> I can't get enough. That's interesting um, because, you know, I kind of – two things got me obsessed. Um, um, I think seeing the um, fundraiser after 9-11 – where they did City of Ruins, I think that moved me. And then seeing him on the Rising Tour was the first time I saw him live. And those two together kind of helped me get obsessed. Um, that's interesting, though, that you had actually seen him perform a few times and and still kind of enjoyed. It was like, oh, yeah, good show. But it, you hadn't gotten, I guess, the Springsteen bug yet. You know, my my family was slightly dysfunctional growing up, so music was always my escape, and I went to hundreds of concerts. I mean that that's 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 what I did to make yeah. myself happy. So I saw it, name a '60s or '70s act, and I probably have been to see them. At one point or another, so you know maybe that had something to do with it. It was like he was just another act. I mean, I didn't yeah. dislike him certainly. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Um, Trudy, were you ever lucky enough to see Harry Chapin live? Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> and a uh, man, talk talk about a fantastic performer. He had us all in the palm of his hand. He was just an amazing performer. So. I was lucky enough to see him. Um, there was bad weather, and for some reason, um, the band could not make it. So uh, we were at the Lake Charles um, Civic Center, their theater section um, in Louisiana where I grew up, and there was Harry Chapin, and a chair, a table with a glass of water, and his guitar. Wow. And that was the only time I saw him. Um, and it was easy, one of my best concert memories. Um, you know, I was 19 or something, and just to hear him just tell stories and sing, and it really did feel like um, 
he did Mail Order Annie acoustically. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, just uh, acapella, and it was amazing. So, okay. Well, um, that that is very cool. Um, so how many times have you seen Bruce perform? I've seen him six times. Okay. Uh, would would like to have seen him more, but I didn't travel, you know, but part of the time I was a single mom raising two kids and, and um, just didn't have the, the time or the money. And even at, at this point in time, I haven't traveled much. Um, I um, just, just sort of discovered this whole Bruce world recently, you know, the, the, yes. the podcast and the, and the fan groups and all of Bruce book and all of that. Um, I uh, was rehabbing from knee surgery and sort of got into all of this. And now I'm going, man, I'm really missing out <laughs> there. I should be doing a whole lot more than I, than I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, Hey, maybe next time he tours, I'll, I'll be traveling. <laughs> uh, you know, I, um, I, I told you and I are so in sync, uh, you know, I had no thought of trying to, you know, see him more than once. And, and it was, you know, I had asked Linda, you know, when he'd, I'd seen, I think it was Magic or Working on the Dream tour, where I said, you know, I'd really like to see him more than once on a show. I was jealous of people from the East Coast, like Philly or New York where he did several nights in a row. Um, and, um, so I was lucky enough, uh, Linda was very good and let me go to, you know, five different shows during this river tour. Um, and you know, people ask like, really, why would you want to see him more than once on a tour? And I, you know, we just said every show's unique. It's just, it's it's different. It's you know I told my wife, I said um, after you've run one 10k or you've done one half marathon, why would you want to do another? You know she goes well because it's different and it it's 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 rewarding. And I said well that's what a Bruce concert is. It it is something special. So um, very cool. Um, and. Um, how about is your any of your family into Bruce as well, or are you a lone um, voice in the night? <laughs> I, I'm pretty much alone in the wilderness. Uh, my oldest daughter um, is is uh, she's she's more into music and and she likes him. Um, when he came to to town this this last March, she was going to go with me, but she got sick, so she missed out on that. Um, but yeah, my my friends, eyes sort of glaze over when Bruce comes up, and of course, you know, I can tie just about any subject in the world to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. I, I have that gift or curse as well <laughs> at times, Trudy. Um, yeah. And and every once in a while, it's in fact, my lovely bride Linda. I'll say, hey, well, do you know? And she'll put her head up. Is this Bruce related? <laughs> Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll say that. Oh way. yeah, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Trudy, do you have um, any albums or songs that mean a great deal to you? Do you like? Do you have some stories you want to share 
about, um, you know, your Springsteen journey? Well, um, as I say, my my family life was a, a, a little bit dysfunctional. Um, so I always liked uh, Badlands and the Promised Land. Those were sort of anthems uh, when I was younger. And now I just have a, a whole bunch of different things that I that I really like. You know, I like Spirit in the Night. I, I've heard you say you don't like that song. I love that song, and I I think I like it because it was my my first favorite sure. song. And I like uh, oh here, here's a here's a story. I was uh, um, I just had a baby, and I was pretty hormonal still when the river came out, and I heard the song The River. And you know the the whole bit about no walk down the aisle, no wedding day yeah. smile. Yeah, I just I was I went absolutely hysterical, going, oh, that's terrible. My children will have weddings, and I have two daughters, and they both had lovely weddings. So I have Bruce to thank for that. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I like oh, Murder Incorporated because that's the song that really hooked me into the to the this latest round of craziness that I'm involved in. And, oh, gosh, I don't know. There's so many. There's just so many wonderful songs, and my top ten list changes on a daily basis from the mood I'm in. So but the, those are the ones that, that uh, you know, and then, of course, you know, Land of Hope and Dreams and, and, and uh, oh, Terry's song is another one, you know, since we're at, I'm at that age where I've had, friends pass away and that yeah. song means a lot to me so yeah um you know i've i've said on the podcast that um i had a really good friend rick who passed and i i quoted land of hope and dreams at his service and when my father died i quoted that and um and terry songs always makes me think of the people i've lost it's, it's such a beautiful beautiful song um, absolutely. Um, so, uh, that's, um, interesting. So, um, what did you think of the, uh, the, the last show you went to? Now, was it the full river? It was the, yeah, it was the full river. Um, I really enjoyed it. Well, th there's, there's a story there too, because I have three grandchildren, and they all have been raised on rock and roll, and in particular Bruce Springsteen. So when we went in uh, um, 2012, which was the Wrecking Ball tour, I uh, was showing my oldest grandson, who was five at the time, I was showing him videos from Portland, and I mean, his favorite song was always Rosalita. So, I mean, we, we looked at videos and played Bruce music, you know, from the time he was little. And uh, um, we were looking at a video, and I said, oh, there's my friend Frank. He's in the front row. And Colin says, well, how did he get in those seats? And I said, well... That's called the pit, and there's no seats. You stand, and, and, you know, you have a lottery to see who gets to stand the closest. And he goes, well, what's it like in the pit, Grammy? And I said, well, I don't know. And he, he gave me the five-year-old equivalent of, so you call yourself a fan. <laughs> so he said, the next time Bruce comes, Grammy, you are going to be in the pit. So I said, okay. So... He's come. He's going to come here in March, and 
I get on the, you know, on the phone and fight the ticket master battle. And I, I ended up with GA tickets and, and I also got tickets for my husband and Colin. So Colin could go to his first Bruce show. Right. So I've, got, I've got these pit tickets and I'm really excited about it. And it's like, nobody really wants to go. <laughs> so my daughter, you know, my daughter goes, Oh no, that sounds like fun. Well, she ends up getting sick and I have a longtime friend that, that I've known since college, and she and I do a lot of music stuff together. So I call Mary, and I say, Mary, Alicia's sick. Would you like to go to to the Bruce show with me? And she says, oh, man, I was going to wax my floors today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going, oh, boy. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to go and stand in line, and, and I'll find somebody that wants it. Well, about an hour later, she calls back, and she says, I'll go. It's going to be an adventure. So I'm going, okay, you realize we're not sitting. We're standing, and it's going to be a long haul. And she said, well, if you can do it, I can do it. So we go down there and get our little wristbands, and our numbers were 243 and 244. And when they pulled the new number one, it was 221. Wow. And that was almost as exciting as the concert itself. <laughs> I bet. So we were, you know, in the, the first 25 people in the door, and we planted ourselves at the feet of Stephen Van Zant, right in the front row of the pit. It was just amazing. I have never experienced anything like that before. It was just, I mean, I, I love Bruce concerts, but, I mean, this was just the ultimate. <laughs> I know you've said you don't want to go in the pit, but you should go at least once. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Trudy, first off, you're making me blush. Um, all the uh, comments, it, you can tell that you listen to the podcast, and I am so honored and just pleased. <laughs> but, you know, you are a bad arse. You know, I just – the pit are for young people. I am too old and too fat to stand that long. I, I actually think – that and we, I've talked about this. I believe that if, like, I could have a chair, <laughs> like in the, like in the, um, you know, up until the show started, then I believe adrenaline would get me through. But the whole getting there so early and having to stand and and kind of, you know, then just whenever they let you in and you're waiting for whatever it is, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, you know, before the show starts. Yeah, we went in at 5, and the show started at 8.15. Wow. So basically I figured we stood for about eight and a half hours on concrete. I had two uh, meniscus tears and a stress fracture in my, in my left knee. <laughs> and I managed, boy, talk about adrenaline. You Well, see, you're a badass, and it's the magic of Bruce, the healing power of Bruce. Uh, you know, I felt like I could have run a marathon after that concert was over. It was just incredible. <laughs> that is great. Now, um, now has the signing happened yet, or it's going yes. to? Okay. No, the signing happened uh, on Tuesday. So tell me about it. How did you get a ticket? And walk me through this. Well, um, Powell City of Books is, is sort of a, a Portland icon. It's a, it's a huge bookstore. It's a full city block, and it's three stories. And, and, you know, bookie people will travel from around the country to come to Powell's. So um, 
you know, you go, it's just like getting tickets for a show. You go online and, and fight the battle. Well, the, the first day that the tickets went on, on sale, the, the, the site crashed before the ticket sales even opened. Wow. So that was on uh, a Wednesday. And so Powell's contacted everybody and said, okay, we're going to do it again on Friday. And they used a different, a different uh, company. Well, it, it sold out in probably 10 minutes. Oh, absolutely. And, and I did not get tickets. I, you know, I had tickets in my basket twice, but by the time you, you hit the checkout button, they were already taken. So I figured that, well, it's not my turn. So I was, I was online later in the day and there were some people flying in from Wisconsin and somehow it didn't dawn on my little pea brain that this would be like other Bruce events that people would fly in from around the country. But this, this is a lovely young woman and she was worried about um, making the trip and worried about getting around in Portland. She'd never been here. And so I sent her a note and said, Hey, I'll pick you up at the airport. No worries. I'll get you down there. I, I know the back roads and the secrets, but we'll, we'll get you there. So she says, okay, that's that's great. And it was, she was traveling with her mom, and they came out, and um, I picked them up at the airport, got them to their hotel, picked them up the next morning, and I made a little sign that said I need a ticket and took them down there. I dropped them off at the venue, parked the car, came back, walked the line, got to where they were standing. It was The line was around the block by that time. Sure. And... Uh, um, Rebecca said, well, I, I've asked the people around us, but she says there's some, some other people have just come up. So I walked down the line, and I got about six people away from him, and this guy said, oh, I have an extra ticket. And I'm going, what, you're kidding me, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, he said, I flew up from L.A., and my wife couldn't make it, so I have an extra ticket. And I said, okay, what do you want for it? Because scalpers were asking 500 bucks, you know, and he says, just what I paid for it. So I got a ticket, and this, you know, the, we had to go in together because it was his, sure. his uh, uh, credit card and all that. So he came and joined the three of us, and I, I, I don't know. He was a quiet, soft-spoken guy. I don't know how he enjoyed hanging out with three crazy women for three uh, uh. But we got in there, you know, wound around the, the bookstore for a while and, and got in and, and – uh, we get out there, and, and you know, I, I've also heard you talk about you're in customer service. Right. I, I was in sales for 40 years, and, and 90% of sales is customer service. because Absolutely. And so I, I didn't feel nervous. I didn't feel giddy. I didn't feel starstruck. And it, I just felt like my 40 years of training took over, and it's my turn, and I Walk up, make eye so, contact, extend my hand, you know, just like you do. <laughs> so I, before you get to it, I just want to ask, had you had you thought about if you got a ticket, what you would say? I mean, had you spent some time kind of rehearsing? Because I've read other people, you know, you get this six to eight seconds, whatever it is. You know, had did you do some thinking? Oh yes, I thought I thought long and hard about it, and and you know, 
the the whole book signing thing is like the uh, uh, the soup Nazi episode of Seinfeld. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I hadn't heard that, yeah, but it's now like, that you say it, it's perfect. No talking. Keep your head down. <laughs> Don't screw up your order. So uh, yeah, I thought I thought about it, and and it's like everything I had to say would take way too long, you know. So basically, I said to him, "I just turned sixty-seven too," and then I turned to face the camera, and you know, uh, he put his arm around me, and then he leans over and he says, "It's not so bad." And it was at that moment that I heard his voice that I had my fangirl moment, where I just went, "Oh, oh God, it's Bruce Springsteen." <laughs> oh, I am smiling so <laughs> wide right now. Oh, that is awesome. Well, and then Are you still there? Yeah, I am. I can okay. hear you fine. <laughs> okay. I, I as as I was leaving, I said I'll see you when we're 90 and he said it's a deal. So, that was oh. that was my my, my moment with Bruce. Oh, that's wonderful. So do you I, – I don't know if you've heard. I um, You may not have, but I, I tweeted um, Richard Hunter, who's been on the show, um, on his podcast. He does, an, he does a mixed martial art, art mm-hmm. podcast, and he, in his episode 69, told the story. And he was going to say that he was born the same year that, like, Bruce started, like, was signed with Columbia. Yeah. And so he says, I've literally, you know, your career has mirrored my life. And he ended up not saying that because he wanted to make sure that he and his girlfriend had a picture together, and his girlfriend ended up getting the moment with Bruce and not him. And um, Richard said that, you know, as she's shaking his hand, she tells Bruce, you know, he took me to my first show of yours this year and bruce said oh was it one of the um you know the whatever in los angeles i'm drawing a blank on it you know one of this you know the coliseum shows and she goes yeah he goes that was a good one wasn't it and and um (laughs) and richard had the theory and the reason i'm telling this because i want to ask your opinion he said he felt like Bruce said, you know, these people are only going to get a few seconds with me, but I am going to engage with them as much as I can to make this feel special for them versus just being the trained, you know, I've been to comic book conventions where the guy is signing and a photo and he really does feel like a trained bear. You know, it's just there's no joy in it. It's just thank you for the twenty five dollars. Here's my autograph. Do you feel like he was trying to engage with everyone? Absolutely. He, I, I felt like he was very warm. You know, very. Um, I mean, it, like I, it, 
it, it's such a short amount of time, but but it didn't feel rote. It it felt very very real, you know. Nice smile, uh, very very pleasant. Um, and you know, like I say, I didn't I didn't say very much. You know, I'm the same age you are. See you when you're ninety. That's it. But you know, other people were talking longer, or you know, some people cried. Uh, <laughs> the, the the young woman from Wisconsin, she she had this whole thing planned out what she was going to say. And I said, well, did you say it? And she said, no. I said, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. That's all she got out. <laughs> um, that's. I think this is such a gift he's given us. Yeah. Um, because I think the book would have sold anyway. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I've bought, you know, I've bought the hardback, I've bought the Kindle version, and I've pre-ordered <laughs> the audio version. Um, and to be fair, Brian Wilson's new autobiography just came out, and I bought the hard copy, and I bought the Kindle <laughs> version. Um, so, but just this chance to meet with people and to share with it, I, I just think this is such a blessing. Really, he didn't have to do that. He really didn't. And, yeah. you know, people talked about him looking tired. I didn't think he looked, I, I didn't think he looked too tired, you know. He, he seemed, he seemed pretty chipper, you know. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a great experience, absolutely great experience. Something I never thought would happen. So I was uh, I was quite quite pleased. So Trudy, where is the book? <laughs> well, I have one copy down here and one copy upstairs in the bedroom. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> I'd already I'd already pre ordered a copy, and then when I when I got the tickets to this, I I got the autograph copy. So it's uh. It's hanging out out of grandchild reach, but where I can get it when I want to read. <laughs> you know, Trudy, I was at uh, Sam's the other day picking up some stuff from work, and they had copies. And I was tempted to just buy another couple of copies. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you need them for? I'm like, well, you know, maybe I can give them away at work. You know, we can have a contest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> customer service. You know, you're always doing something. Oh, that is so fun. Um, so, and, you know, Trudy, this is such a beautiful story. It's why I do this podcast and why I love doing this is – you know, people you don't know, you know, express they were nervous and you're picking them up at the airport. You're helping them to their hotel. You know, there is this friendship and love among Bruce fandom that may exist for other musical groups, fandoms, but it just doesn't seem that way. Well, I think one of the biggest things that's that's fun about a Bruce a Bruce concert is the camaraderie. Yes. And that's that that's the the whole standing in line with the uh, waiting for the book signing. You know, people are are chatting. It's like the concerts. How many times have you seen him? What do you want to hear tonight? You know, all of that stuff that goes on. I don't experience that when I go to other musical. So I, I always have a rule. Whoever goes with me has to pick a song that they want to hear, and we sort of have a contest to see who hears their song first. But, you know, other than that, there's not the, uh, the camaraderie 
uh, amongst the fans that that there are with the with the Bruce fans. And you know, it's like now I have a lifelong friend in Wisconsin. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, Trudy, that's a. I'm gonna kind of we'll start winding it down, but um, you know, I ask often: Is there some songs you're chasing? when he performs next that you haven't got to hear him perform live that you would really like him to play? Um, yes, certainly. Um, given the fact of where I live and the fact that he doesn't come around here too often, I, you know, I haven't really thought too much, you know, I'm just happy for what I, what I can get, which always cracks me up that the, the set list people are, oh, he, he played this song when he could have played that song. And, and, you know, my attitude towards that is, you know, you want to hear a different song, get your own band. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite happy. If he got up and sang Sunny Day 30 times in a row and at my concert, I'd be happy with it because that would be <laughs> what I was getting. So Good but, for you. I agree. Given that, um, I would love to hear "Incident." It's it's um, such a beautiful song, and I'd, I'd love to hear that. And um, I don't know. I've been listening to Frankie for some reason all summer. It's been Frankie, so I'd love to hear him sing Frankie. And then there's one that that I really like that he's never done in concert. It's on tracks. It's called "Rock Away the Days." I really like that. That would be a great song. And have you heard Saving Up? It's one that he wrote for Clarence. I don't know if I have. Uh, look it up. He, he sings. Uh, there's a YouTube, I think it's in uh, Minneapolis from, from 2012, and it's a song that he wrote for Clarence. And, okay. And it's, it's really a, a, a great song. So those, those would be, you know, and, and if I never hear them, that's fine. If I hear them, it'll be great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, Trudy, anything else you want to share? I have a question for you because okay. you saw the River Tour. What was your favorite song that he sang from the River album? Thank you for asking. Um, I, I really loved um, Drive All Night. I was mm -hmm. happy to hear that. Um, I've said this a couple of times I was never a big fan of Independence Day till I heard it with him talking the experience of him, you know, talking about talking to his father. And now then he's his father's age or older than his father. And that was a really good moment. Um, and... I love Out in the Street, um, mostly because it's my son's favorite. But I, I love the line, and I've said this before, you know, where, and I'm going to quote it wrong, but, you know, um, on Monday when the foreman calls time, I've already got Friday on my mind. And <laughs> I, I think that it's just so much about whether you love your job or not, just that whole idea of, you know, I'm already thinking about the weekend, so which is great. Yeah, that that happens to be my grandson Leo's favorite song. He's two. Yes, he's a huge a huge out in the street fan. Uh huh. He's very very cute. Oh, <laughs> that add. is. Oh, I bet. 
That's awesome. Good. I thought I thought in Portland, uh, I I was totally impressed with Point Blank. I mean that that was just it was <laughs> just wow. Yeah. Very very powerful and. You know, Point Blank, I like Point Blank, but it's not one that's been really on my radar, but it certainly is now. I, I wouldn't mind hearing that again either. And it, it, he knelt down about two feet in front of me and sang, he was singing, I'm a rocker. And he he, he sang, I, I have an ice spy beeper that tells me when you're lonely. So now I really like I'm a rocker too. I bet. That is awesome. <laughs> so would you do the pit again? Absolutely. Oh, man, you got converted, didn't you? Oh, man, that was really (laughs) – it was was like going to the best football game ever and then some. Very nice. Yeah, I like football and rock and roll for the same reason, chaos, noise, and camaraderie. So There you go. It was was everything I ever wanted. (laughs) Who's your team? Well, I like college football, so Oregon Ducks, okay. and they're having a really ugly season. So, <laughs> well, you know, we just can hope for better days, right? <laughs> better days, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that is great, um, Trudy. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? Um, I'm on Twitter at at Trudeball, T R U D E B A L L. Okay. And uh, thank you. This was a joy. I'm so happy you reached out to me and and wanted to share your story. This is great. Um, and listeners, if you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, please email me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page and a Twitter account, both Set Lusting Bruce. Please check that out. And as always, if you can go to iTunes to rate and review us, it does help people find us. Um, Trudy, did you listen to the Thunder Road episode that just came out? Um, with Yes, yes. I have a degree in English. I love that guy. <laughs> um, he, I, I have a special place in my heart for everyone who's been a guest, but I will have to tell you, I think he ups the game a little bit. We are um, – and does Mary get in the car? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, he is I'm – I'm a happy endings kind of gal. So, yeah, she gets in the car. She may not stay in the car, but she gets in there. Um, by the way, I'm running a poll, and so far it is overwhelmingly yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, Jay, I voted. So. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jay is going to be on um, in a week or two, and we are going to discuss rarities and deep cuts. We're each going to pick five songs that we have a that mean a lot to us of Bruce's catalog that um, are not Spirit in the Night or Thunder Road or you know uh, Badlands. So that's going to be fun. Um, so, um, Trudy, this was a blast. You, you, uh, I now, um, I have been told the Northwest is absolutely beautiful. My brother and sister-in-law love it. And so now that I'm like, okay, I need to go so I can go visit my friend. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You had somebody on for Tacoma too, didn't you? 
<laughs> yes, I think they did. Yeah, so uh, I I should do a whole set listing Bruce uh, tour up there. Absolutely, <laughs> you might as well. It is. It really is beautiful here. So I can imagine. Well, we're going to end with and we danced all night to a soul fairy band, and she kissed me just right, like only a lonely angel can. She felt so nice, just as soft as a spirit in the night, all night, in the night, all night. Janie, don't know what she did to you, spirit in the night, all night. Stand right up and let her shoot through me. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Trudy. You have a great <laughs> night. And listeners, thank you so much. I'm standing in the backyard listening to the party inside. Tonight I'm drinking in the forgiveness This life provides The scars we carry remain But the pain slips away it seems Oh, won't you, baby Be in my book of dreams It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.